2: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: I think you address by selecting the best player available. I think especially at the four, you know, you don't. I don't think you address needs uh, at the four. You get the best talent. So that's what we're going to be looking for. Uh, you know, with the highest upside player. So in, you know, on October sixteenth, you'll see who it's going to be.
1: Okay, we're going to see At the four Get a player I hope it's not a three-person draft Welcome and welcome back Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, with you Mark, the NBA draft is next week Did you know that?
2: I did know that And the, the reason I know that is because Well, you know We do sports and stuff, but I've been hearing a (laughs) lot of promos on our radio station with Chuck Swirsky talking about doing a draft show here on The Score. So, yeah, I know. Well,
1: in that vein, there's going to be a draft. The Bulls are going to continue to get better in theory. And we'll find out just how much better they could expect to get when Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. So they have a new regime that is not Garpax. They have a new coach that is not Jim Boylan. Casey Johnson, they'll get a new player. Who, who are, who are, who's in the cloud of players you expect them to draft, and can this player make a difference, and why? and hi casey hi guys you uh a
4: perfectly good uh radiohead song by bringing me in you should just like to let that keep playing uh and also i noticed that that bit from our, that hit from our tourists that little sound bite you guys had shows how long it's been since we've talked to him because that back then he was referring to the october 16th draft which is what it was originally oh. scheduled for so hey i pick up on these little things um a lot of players will be in the mix if they stay at four. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of things can happen between now and Wednesday. As of now, it does kind of seem like it's righted itself back to the top three being some combination of Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball. Um, last week, uh, there was a little bit of chatter that Charlotte might be uh, honing in on, on Yekka Okongwu from USC, which would mean... You know, Ball actually might drop to four, and I think there's probably there, there maybe is a small possibility that's still happening. Uh, I've been told from people outside the organization that the Bulls are under the impression that they want Ball. They're going to have to trade up to get them, so they're weighing a lot. Um, you heard Arturo say he's not going to focus on need. Uh, there are a lot of prospects at a position of need, however, point guard. Um, so. You know, Kyra Lewis is another intriguing possibility, although I don't think he'd be an uh, option that's four. He'd probably be a trade-back option. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. We're, we're getting to know a, a new regime. It's going to be weird. Uh, covered every GARPAC draft since 2003. So uh, 17 Ooh. years later, here we are. Ooh.
2: And, yeah, man, this is the part that I'm looking forward to, not just the draft, but just to kind of start to see, Casey, how Arturus Karnashovis operates what is on his mind as far as players are concerned because we've heard so much about this the regime change and his resume and connecting dots to what he might do but finally casey we get to see what he might actually do with players and personnel
4: yeah that's a good point mark and you know obviously you can look a little bit at the nugget situation i mean he wasn't the lead decision maker there on you under tim conley obviously but you know, as the eventual GM, he had quite a bit of say in the draft process. And look, I mean, Jokic has been largely linked to to Arturis, and that's uh, obviously a pretty good find when you get an MVP candidate in the second round. So, hello, uh, yeah. And the Bulls do have a second round pick at forty four, so no pressure, Arturis. But no, it's going to be <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun uh, for all of us. I mean, you know. Mark Eversley's never been, you know, he's been involved in several drafts uh, as a prominent voice in the room, but never as the number two decision maker. And Arturis, you know, has never been in the room as a number one decision maker. Um, I do think, you know, given the limited public availability we've had to these guys, you have started to see a philosophy take shape a little bit. I mean, every time Arturis talks, he he mentions, you know, building a roster full of two-way players Mm -hmm. with a reader-react system. Uh, versatile, um, positionless—you um, know, athletic uh, movement, player movement, ball movement—and you know, speaking frankly, the Bulls' roster is largely devoid of that. I mean, they've got—you can point to a lot of guys in the roster and say, "Okay, he's really good at that," but he's not really good at that. And so, obviously, this is an opportunity to start shaping the roster in the in the image that you want.
1: Talking with Casey Johnson at NBC Sports Chicago, talking Bulls basketball, the draft next week, and, and we'll, like Mark said, get some information about that. I, you bring up a, a, the point of what works with, and let's not forget there's a new, Billy Donovan is the new coach. He'll be in the room as well. The, the idea that one of the major failings of the GARPAC's regime with Fred Hoiberg is they continually refuse to give him players for the system, they wanted him to play. I mean, they hired him for what he, for his philosophy, and then they didn't give players to do that. So we have reason. Do we have reason? Can you explain we have reason to think that the new regime, Karnaschovas and Eversley, will not stiff Donovan the same way?
4: Well, I mean, I think actually, and see that's a good point, because, uh, but, but I think it raised brings up a good point about Billy Donovan is, is if you look at his tenure in Oklahoma city uh, really all five of those rosters were pretty vastly different. And he was able to kind of coach to the personnel on the roster, which, you know, obviously was, you know, a, a criticism of Jim Boylan, you know, to, to kind of yeah. do a s- square peg and round hole kind of thing. And then, you know, Fred, yeah. I mean, pace and space, Hoy um, ball, whatever you want to call it. And then, you <laughs> Rondo and Wade, right? Ball stoppers, non-three-point shooters, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I think that's a good point, but I think that kind of speaks to where they're at as a franchise is is they've got now a coach that, I mean, if you look at his uh, Thunder team last season, it was obviously completely different from that first-year team when he had Duran and Westbrook, and a lot of people say that last year was his best coaching job. I mean, so I think you've got a coach that can maximize whatever personnel you give him, That said, you know, Billy said when one of the main attractions of this job when he took it was that Artura said, I'm looking for a partnership here. And that's, you know, not Billy, I think, would be the first to say, um, you know, that draft is he's got opinions, but it's not his area of expertise. He's he's a coach, right? So uh, he'll have a voice in the room, but he's going to be fine with with whatever they give him. And, um, you know, I just think it's a good opportunity for this organization to continue the reset that it's on.
2: Well, what's some of your take, or what's your take on some of the the media swirl around Russell Westbrook and connecting those dots? You just mentioned that he he played for Donovan at Oklahoma City, and Westbrook not happy with where he is right now. Is that is any of that realistic with the Bulls to pull that trigger? I mean, the way I answer that,
4: Mark, is you know, I don't I don't know how these guys think. You know, I, I've I've met tourists <laughs> face to face twice in my life. Once when he worked for the Nuggets, uh, and once. As a member of the Bulls, and I've talked to him probably five times in my life. Um, you know, uh, Mark Eversley, I've never met face to face, and, uh, and uh, I've talked to him twice in my life. So I, yeah. I don't know how this new regime thinks. Obviously, when you cover an a executive uh, partnership uh, of John Paxson and Gar Forman for as long as we all did, you not only get to know them as people, but you almost kind of start to know how they think or what they value. So you could have a probably a better idea of that. My my initial and gut reaction is that that doesn't sound like a, a player that you'd want to like uh that you want to start shaping your franchise and if you're talking to uh, and that's not disrespect to russell westbrook i mean he's obviously an all-nba elite player but um you're talking given 120 130 million over the next three years to a guy who's 32 who's gone through some surgeries and whose entire game is predicated not only on usage and having the ball in his hand but playing at a ferocity and intensity that you have to wonder if he's going to be able to continue that going up to 35. So uh, that'd just be my guess, uh, somewhat of an educated guess. Um, just haven't talked to people around the league. I haven't heard much linkage uh, to Westbrook and the Bulls. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll we'll get to know how these guys think and operate as we move forward. And we don't have a huge body of work as them as, you know, decision-makers the, with the Bulls.
1: Are we – are we allowed to draw any inferences when you talk about Lamelo Ball? Is that that's the guy? That's the the hero shot that they they're they're hoping to get, hoping to hit. Does that tell you anything about Kobe White, or is that just a, an example of we need players at this position? We need players who could become great at whatever position we take them. Well,
4: three things I'd say, Steve. First of all, um, to me, it says something more about Zach Levine, and I'll get into that in a second. But Okay. Um, it also, to me, it, I want to emphasize that I, I'm not I'm not 100% reporting or saying that that is the guy. What I'm saying is that what I've been told is the Bulls are under the impression that if he is the guy they want, they're going to have to trade up to get him. They don't think he's going to fall to four. So okay. that said, you, you guys played the bite from Arturis. You take best talent, right? And yep. if, if, they, if they deem him to be the best talent and he does fall to four, He's their guy. I do believe, and this is, uh, I've written this at NBCSportsChicago.com. I do believe he is number one on their point guard list in terms of their rankings. I don't know this for sure, but the impression I've gotten is that Kyra Lewis has jumped ahead of Halliburton and Hayes to be second on that list. And again, I don't have that definitively reported, but I've heard heard enough buzz around that that I I can, that's my educated guess. And then lastly, getting into the Zach thing, uh, what I would say is that... um, I believe that they ultimately view Kobe as an off-the-ball guy. You can say he was drafted as a point guard. He obviously had a very promising rookie season. However, I don't, I don't view him long-term as a point guard. And I don't, I'm guessing here, but I don't think they do either. And the fact that they're doing so much work on point guard leads me to believe that I'm right there. So I think ultimately they view uh, getting a point guard in, sliding Kobe off the ball, And then you've got time to make a decision on Zach Levine, who's got two years left on a value deal and is clearly your most tradable asset. I mean, he's got the most value on your roster. Um, I think Zach – I've been a huge Zach supporter and defender. I think the knock on him as being an empty-calorie score is overstated. I think if you put him on a good team, he'd be lights out. Um, He just hasn't been on a good team (laughs) in his entire NBA career, either in Minnesota or Chicago. So we'll see – how they value Zach moving forward, but um, I ultimately think they view Kobe as more of an off-the-ball guy.
2: Do you think that this regime, the the plan is... I know they want to win this year, but do you think that they kind of look at this year as a, let's see what we have. Let's see how maybe we can put Marken in a better position to be good. Maybe we can even take Levine up to that next level. Maybe Kobe white is off the ball, That they have different, if they don't make the the splash trade and you mentioned Levine as a tradable asset, do you think that this is sort of a year to sit back, relax and look and see what they have, or do they look at this as an urgent year and that every year is urgent?
4: Yeah. What I would say, Mark is, uh, is that they have made it clear that they feel this roster underachieved. They've used that exact verbiage multiple times. Mm-hmm. They, um, so they do believe with, obviously, the coaching change and, you know, obviously improved health. Uh, you know, Otto Porter Jr. gets a bad rap because he's obviously not been on the court, and people focus on his contract. I always say, look away from the contract. That's not his fault that New Jersey offered, a, or Brooklyn now with New Jersey then, offered a ridiculous uh, offer sheet, and the Wizards chose to match it. I mean, obviously, if somebody puts that paper in front of you, you're signing it, too. When he's on the court, he completely changes his team. He just hasn't been on the court. If he's able to stay on there, I think that you're going to see a jump uh, for this team. I can't believe Lowry is as you know middling as he was last season. I just yeah. had too much promise in those first two seasons. And Levine is a borderline all-star. So I do believe they feel um, you know this team can be better as is with whatever ads they make in, in the draft at free agency. That said, as we all know, they're not wedded to anybody on this roster. And Arturis is a pretty decisive guy. So I I just look at this roster and I go back to that point I was making guys about how you talk about how he wants to play. This roster ain't it. So he's going to be – I think he's going to be pretty aggressive in remaking this roster in his image or his philosophy. I just don't know how long that will take. And I think in the interim, they believe they can get better just with – their imprint, coaching change, et cetera.
1: Casey Johnson is our guest. NBC Sports Chicago is his platform, um, and he's got all kinds of platforms. He's everywhere. He's on the internet, on the interwebs. He's on TV. And as you talk about Levine, borderline all-star, and plays what I think is really bad defense, I don't know where that, how do you assess that, Part of the game, anybody's game, when it comes to the new regime and maybe working bottom up from Billy Donovan. If he can work with a lot of different players, can he make Zach Levine a
4: better defensive player? I think he can. And, you know, there was obviously the, the, they finally officially announced the coaching staff today. And, you know, most of the names had already been leaked out or reported or what have you. Um, But the, the, the headline to me from the news release from the Bulls was that they, you know, have already added four guys to the player development uh, staff, and that was something that both Arturis and Mark Eversley pointed to when they took their jobs. Is they were just surprised at the lack of infrastructure in player development in this organization, and that's really where, in this age of player empowerment and you know players getting younger and players you know coming out of college so early, that's really where the focus of the NBA lies, and. So they've added four guys. I'm not saying those guys are miracle workers, but but the point I'm trying to make is the infrastructure is being built out. And so, you know, that's all you've heard from Arturis and and Mark Eversley is just hammering on the player development. And, you know, Zach, I know he's a polarizing guy because of the defense and because he's never been in the playoffs and the empty calories score, knock, what have you. Dude's only 25, man. I mean, you know, he. he, he played at a very high level last year. and there, To me, there's still room for him to grow, not only defend, uh, off, defensively, but also offensively. I think he showed the ability to become a better decision-maker last year, um, and I think that can grow. But, yeah, defensively he has to get better. And, look, Billy Donovan is known as a, as a good defensive coach. So uh, we'll see where that goes this season.
2: We were just talking about before we came on that uh, Chuck and Bill, Chuck Swirsky, Bill are going to be doing the draft show on Wednesday, zooming and talking on the score and all that kind. of What is the format of this draft? Is it going to be like the NFL? Adam Silver just going to be you know isolated and how how's it how's it all going down? What are you going to be doing, etc.
4: I'm going to be doing what everyone else is doing, as we know, is zooming and you know just in my own. At, at this point, um, I know that NBC Sports Chicago, we've got a studio show with will and, and kendall and, and jason goff um i'll be waning on that from home at some point but yeah it's just everybody's gonna be all over the place um right. it's gonna be done remote and yeah, you know, the players are in their home markets to my knowledge and yeah i mean everything about this world we're living in is different <laughs> and weird and we're just going to get through it with uh technology i guess
1: As we shall, and moving right along and looking for a pre-Christmas open to the season. But the Bulls conceivably will get better on Wednesday. Um, We're all hoping so. We'll look forward to reading what you have to say about it. Casey, thanks for taking time out. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure.
4: All right. Stay safe, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. You too.
1: Casey Johnson, terrific work. He's just a fount of knowledge. And, boy, if you could make – Billy Donovan could make – Zach Levine, a better defensive player, then you've really got you've got something there. But like Casey said, there's nobody who's untradeable, Whether it's Levine or Markkanen and and Wendell I mean, Wendell Carter's got to stay healthy. Our, Otto Porter Porter's got to stay healthy. I don't know. I just I I'm. Do you really think that whatever draft pick we see, and maybe there's a trade involved to get to where they want to go, that would really tell us something about the direction. The thoughts, the, as Casey was talking about, he doesn't know how they think. So I'm rooting for a trade. So that way we know a whole lot more about the way they think.
2: Well, isn't it funny that the Bulls finally got out of that seven spot, and which just was just so hard to zero yeah. in on a player. And it's almost like with the fourth spot, they're still in a bad place. Because... You, you don't have the one decisive guy this year. There's not a no-doubt-about-it number-one overall pick this year. There's three guys, but that's it. It's a three-man draft, and, and as everybody says, the actual NBA draft starts with the Bulls. So, again, they're kind of in no-man's land at number four, so it actually would be kind of cool to see them trade up. And, you know, Casey's right about... Otto Porter, just forget about when he first came to the Bulls and he was healthy, he was really good. He was really good. He looked like a young player who hadn't realized his full potential, yet the upside is there. So if that guy's healthy, that's something that you do have to factor in with the Bulls and potentially having a good season this year. So I look forward to a healthy Lionel Richie-looking Otto Porter this year.
1: I, uh, I am, too. Um, and I, I would like to see that it all become better because there's been such a sense of sense of relief about this whole thing and, and all, all kinds of optimism. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we need to do What Are You Doing, Wagner? And um, we have some very precious audio on that from a legend. So we will bring that to you. And uh, we will discuss it as we move along on Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. But first, breaking news on the score is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. Mark? Mark? Yes, sir. Yeah, we hey, are bre- I'm back. We have breaking news from the Bears. What you got? We have breaking news that running back David Montgomery has been declared out ah, for yes. Monday night's game. We, he was in concussion protocol. They've now ruled him out. Breaking yes. News. So it becomes a... Ryan Nall's ball game, according to Patrick <laughs> Finley.
2: Yeah, the injury and report. You like uh, you
1: like the Ryan Nall speed, the the, the sneaky he speed. speed.
2: He's got some yeah. speed, man. He he definitely falls into that uh, stereotype. Yeah, I, I just got the text too on the injury report um, that Montgomery. I'm trying to look through some of these. Some of the other names on it here. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Stand by. Stand by for action. You ready, Stevie Sunshine? Stand by
1: for news.
2: Stand by for the following news. All right. John Jenkins is out. I'm going in no particular order. Cole Komet is questionable. So, and he was actually, he did practice today, Cole Komet, which he hadn't earlier this week. Sherrick McManus out, as you mentioned, David Montgomery out as well. Sam Mustafer, doubtful. Spriggs, questionable. Um, Trubisky is out, incidentally. That is definitely notable. Barkevius Mingo and Allen Robinson both questionable.
1: Hmm. No, no, not yeah. Mingo is their leading longest rush of the game last yeah. week. Yeah.
2: Can't have that.
1: No, you Can can't, that. Bill. That was Bill Laser's secret weaponing. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, updates as we as we seize upon the breaking news. In the meantime, as part of uh, let's start off. What are you doing, Wagner? With just some special, precious audio from a legend who passed away. Alex Trebek died this week. He had been, you know, they'd, North America had known, the host of Jeopardy had known he was pretty forthcoming about his cancer and fighting it and thanked everybody and um, it was noted last, I want to say Saturday night, right? We, we did the show Saturday and the news broke and I, so I did not want to miss this opportunity to pay our homage to him. He was a sports fan. I mean, this, he, he grew up in Canada, obviously in knowledge and love of hockey, and, and so much so that he was recruited by the, Ottawa, the NHL and the Ottawa Senators for this year's NHL draft, and here's what happened.
5: Here is the host of Jeopardy! Alex Trebek! Thank you, Johnny. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jeopardy! Our category today is the NHL. And here is the clue for you. With the third pick in the 2020 NHL Draft, the Ottawa Senators choose this player. The correct response? Who is Tim Stutzel? Uh, that was fantastic, and-,
1: and then the video cuts to Tim Stutzel going, "Oh my God, really?" And that <laughs> was, that was this year's draft. Let's see the NBA top that this week, as we were talking with uh, Casey Johnson about that. So, and and not to not just a hockey fan, he was he was a fierce Dodger fan. I mean, you know, he was in Hollywood, and and you, after forty years, you're gonna. You're going to be that guy. He had Dodger season tickets, and and he was a ferocious Dodger fan. He got to see the World Series, the first since the one that featured Kirk Gibson's home run off um, Tony La Russa's A's closer Dennis Eckersley. But there was there was also a part of Alex Trebek that you you loved when all of these. Geniuses. I mean, these are people so much smarter than me, and they'd answer questions I have no idea about. In fact, it was summed up really nicely by a a Canadian Twitter follow, Joy to the Jumpsuit. It's actually at Jody's Jumpsuit. A woman named Crystal Rose, as I've been able to suss out, had tweeted out, Alex Trebek is rightfully revered for many reasons, but never forget, He has let generations of Canadians enjoy vicariously the best job on television, politely telling Americans they don't know as much as they think they do. (laughs) Isn't that perfect? Coming from Canada and then and here's an example of that, because frequently, like you watch, we all watch Jeopardy, right? And There'd be a NFL category, sports category, sports, sports potpourri or whatever it is. And I would wait for that because I didn't want to deal with medieval history. I didn't know anything about that. So here's an example of what happened when the last category on the board is sports related and it has to be, the clues have to, the answers have to be exposed and then they need to provide questions. Here's a perfect example of that. Uh,
5: Football, 200. Your choice, do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's An option play. Ryan? <laughs> uh, football, 400. I can tell right. you guys are big football fans. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. Dallas Cowboys? Uh, Do you think we should go to commercial? (laughs) Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. (laughs) Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the uh, $1,000 clue, just for the fun of it. (laughs) Jimmy? As Minneapolis' U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the purple people eaters? We're going to take a break i have to talk to them
2: that's
3: awesome
1: (laughs) isn't that great
2: is that the was that the influence for celebrity jeopardy because that's the first time i've actually heard that play out any anything close to the the will ferrell saturday night live skit
1: with with Daryl Hammond as <laughs> drunk Sean Connery, we've right. lost. We've lost. We've lost SNL Celebrity Jeopardy in in like a week. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Or maybe we lost Sean you know Connery what? and then. I just thought about this. Do you think maybe SNL tonight, assuming it's live, that they'll do something? They've got to do something, right? There's got to be a skit. I bet. I wonder if Will Ferrell makes a cameo tonight on SNL. I'm dead serious.
1: That would be just just tremendous because we lost oh, Sean Connery
2: and we lost yeah. Alex Trebek that that's celebrity jeopardy yes i mean and Daryl Hammond's still around he does the, the introductions for us i bet they do i mean they're going to have to do the first three skits on politics i get it but why not you know maybe before the news or after the musical performance they throw in a celebrity jeopardy i yeah. bet they do at this point i'm going to be disappointed if they don't yeah
1: i i it, it would just because it was, it was legendary. It was so. It was so. For just write a number.
2: Eddie. Yeah. All you have to do is write down the number two. If you write down two, you will win the game. <laughs> the day is mine for Beck.
1: It was just. That's great. I mean, you're doing both parts for us because we just lost. Both of them, and I yeah. just—I think that would be—that's a perfect. They have to do that. They have had a week to do yes. it. He died right after he died. The evening they were doing their last live show. I don't know if oh. it was the last. I don't know when their show. It's weird the seasons that they have when they when they stop doing them. But that indeed was that's legendary stuff. That would Norm you know McDonald's. What? I, I wonder was if it'll be the, it's be the cold opening.
2: It's got to be the cold open. You know, now that I think about it. Because everybody loves Alex Trebek, as you said, everybody loved yeah. Jeopardy, and politics are just making people angry right now. So why not? But go on with Norm Macdonald because I love Norm Macdonald. No, when Norm Macdonald wrote that,
1: and I, and I hadn't unreal, I hadn't understood. It was, it was hysterical because it will Will Ferrell was great, and the the um impression of a drunk Sean Connery, wherever that came from. Yeah, and just the idea of. The the penis mightier, Trebek. No, that's the pen <laughs> is mightier, and the way they would, and that it was what really made it. According to Norm Macdonald, I never thought of it this way. Was the 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 compassion, the humanity of Will Ferrell's Alex Trebek, just wanting to somebody to succeed. Yes. He, Wanting please. success. Where do we get the mustard seed? <laughs> <laughs> and, it like, and and you know, write down number two. That was that the fact that he just wanted somebody to win somebody something.
2: please. Yeah. You know, and somebody pointed out too, and I was thinking the same thing, that I don't know if you remember this, but Norm McDonald did do Burt Reynolds on there. Which was incredible. Like this I don't really give a crap. I'm too cool for this. Hey, what do you think? You know, that kinda I mean it was a great impersonation. And somebody also saying on the text line from the three one seven, not verified, but somebody is saying that there's no live. How could there not be a live Saturday night live tonight? What a bad decision by NBC if that's yeah, I could understand
1: the week before and after Thanksgiving, but we're we're a week removed from that week. Yeah, I don't know juice. if we're allowed to say we're in a lot, Are we allowed to say we played Matt Nagy's cut with the name in it, but his character's name, Norm McDonald's character's name on Jeopardy as when he kept denying he was Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Was, um, I don't know. Are we allowed to say that? I'm really afraid to say anything. I don't even know what it me.
2: is. Ask um His last name was Stephler. Ferguson. His last we don't have terms on this team. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You can that, say that. Yeah.
1: Turd Ferguson was yes, the name Turd that <laughs> Norm MacDonald <laughs> used when he was denying he was Burt Reynolds.
2: That is amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was amazing. So,
2: By the way, BTW, um, uh, since I'm not on the Zoom call with Matt, I'm talking about turds instead of being on a Zoom call with Matt Nagy uh-huh. right now. Um, our guy Chris Emma from the score says, Cody Whitehair could be activated from the COVID-19 reserve list before the Monday night game, Matt Nagy said. Um, it's Nagy offered a vote of confidence behind Alex Bars, who could start again at center. He said that we're lucky to have him. He also said, did Chris Emma, based on the Zoom meeting that they are in the midst of right now, Lamar Miller could be an option for the Bears in the backfield, Matt Nagy said. And everybody loves to hear about Lamar Miller. So there's there's... There's a vote for the Lamar Miller, or a nod to the Lamar Miller fans out there that it's not out of the question that he could play. So that probably means nothing, but there it is.
1: Well, it could mean something. Bill Lazor was, um, I, I know we started this with Wagner. Actually, we started with Bears Update, so we might as well keep talking about it. Before Matt Nagy made the announcement, let's recast this. Let's review the bidding here. You said you talked to Bill Lazor. The media talked to Bill Lazor before it had been officially announced that he would be calling plays. So, at, in that vein, he talked about wanting to revive, establish, make something of the running game, right? Yeah, of course. And and so the question was, without David Montgomery, who's going to do the running? And and I I. And forget about who's going to do the blocking, but you need somebody that you can give the ball to that can make yards, whether the offensive line is good or bad. You need somebody to do that. Um, so Bill Lazor would want to do that. Bill Lazor would want to have all available
2: weapons. So I Well, don't know. The, uh-huh. the problem is, is that I don't think that Lamar Miller is healthy enough yet you know, unless he is by mon- Monday night, he's been dealing with a knee injury. And one of the guys, too, that we spoke to, I think it was last week, so this is a little bit stale by now, but it was the running back's coach, Charles London, who had worked with Lamar Miller on the past. And he said, paraphrasing, something to the effect of, I know what Lamar Miller looks like 100%, and that ain't it. Um, just watching him practice and his abilities now again that was a week and a half ago so it's not out of the question that they give him a try and see what I just wouldn't expect it I mean I do think that the pecking order for the Bears backfield this week is going to include you know Ryan Nall probably going to be getting the first crack out there I Cordero Patterson still, maybe Arctavius Pierce, and then Lamar Miller. I think Lamar Miller is going to be way down on the list in terms of a guy actually getting the ball in his hands, even if he is active on Monday night. But we'll see. Okay.
1: We'll um, see. I don't – I I would like to see him do that. I would like to see them be able to do that. Uh, I would like to see the, the fact they need – you know why it's important now is, is not just to have – got a different play caller. He's got to be able to do what he wants. He can't – you can't become one-dimensional one series in because your offensive line – if you can't run block where you're going forward, how are you going to pass block when you're going backwards and you're not that good of an offensive line? So it's it's important. But for another reason, if you are that dependent on your defense – and your defense is facing, uh, again, another all-weapon, team, all-weapon player when you're talking about Dalvin Cook, who is a sort of a hybrid of Alvin Kamara. They faced him several weeks ago, and then they faced Derrick Henry. They did a good job on Henry last week. But asking your defense to continually – if you can't get them rest because you can't run the ball and eat some clock – you're just asking too much because now they're asking them to score, aren't they? Don't you feel that's the next step is a defense that's got to score?
2: Yeah, and exactly. I mean, that's what I was thinking last week. I mean, I, if you watch the Bears' defense closely in that game, you could see what they were doing, that there was, and this is the game against Tennessee, that they were taking the extra risk to go for the pick six. They were going for the football instead of mm-hmm. trying to tackle, which burned them. I think it was Akeem Hicks, who at one point in time went for the ball instead of tackle, and then I think it was Derrick Henry, and then missed the tackle. But you could understand the desperation that the offense put the defense in to try to make something happen, like in 2018, when the defense did was able to do that. But, man, I, I guess it's, it's really good news if Cody Whitehair is able to come back and play in this game. So then you would have him, Charles Leno, Jermaine Effetti, at least three of your guys, your regulars, back on the offensive line. But, you know, they weren't good before they were injured either. So I don't know.
1: All right, we'll come back in, uh, after a break, and we got some more things to discuss right here on Saturday 2nd. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Jared Ferguson, it's a funny name. Yes. yes it is there you go well done stifler uh, sean anderson sean william anderson our producer um there you go kurt Ferguson. okay uh mark be tell people where they can find you on uh, this weekend and game day and how do you think bears vikings comes out make your pick
2: go I'll be on 780 at about, oh, um, let's see, 3.30-ish or so with a couple of interviews on the pregame show on the flagship. And then I'll be on the score about 6.15 or so live with Patrick Manley and Hub Arkish and Olin Kreutz, giving you the news of the day from Soldier Field because I will be there live sort of on the sidelines. So you could tune into both of the pregame shows at uh, our radio company. I also think the bears are going to win because the one thing about Minnesota is their secondary has been ever changing and not great this year. They drafted a kid named Jeff Gladney at a TCU in the first round has not been all that. So I think that this will be a Nick Foles game where he actually gets some stuff done. The bears will win this one, twenty to 17. What you got? I got the bears 51, the Vikings Jesus, two. Come on, man. You make me yeah.
1: do a real prediction and then you make a mockery of it. Whatever. Okay, okay, then I'll just I'll pick Dalvin Cook 24 <laughs> Bears 6. There you know, you just for that, Bears I ain't real. coming
2: back next week. I won't be here next week, just for that no, attitude, buddy. Yep! No, yep. Mr. Good luck! Bill. Good luck with your little radio show. Good luck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, this little radio show is all done. We need to thank Stipler and Trash Banda. Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times, Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago, everyone who texted and listened, and, and we kept up our new streak of nobody calling. Zach Saban's next on the score.
2: It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do.
1: Oh, yes. William. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait,
0: wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left side
1: of field, it is high, it is far, it is gone.
0: Stream minor league affiliates.
1: The Midwest League home run leader.
0: And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
3: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez.